I'd like to welcome everybody to the Department of Defense Bloggers Roundtable for Friday, May 23rd, 2014. My name is William Selby with the Office of the Secretary of Defense Public Affairs and I'll be moderating the call. We are honored to have as our guest Marine Corps Master Gunnery Sergeant William Mahoney, Senior Enlisted Advisor to the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness and the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs and Navy Command Master Chief Terry Prince, Senior Enlisted Advisor for the Defense Health Agency. Uh, these senior DOD leaders will highlight some of the Operation Live Well's accomplishments this past year, discuss the road ahead, and and share their own healthy living journey, which includes beating tobacco addiction. Uh, thank you very much to everybody on the line. Uh, and with that, uh, Master Gunnery Sergeant Mahoney, if you have an opening statement, you can go with that, and then followed by uh, followed by that, Master Chief Prince, if you have an opening statement, you can go with yours. I think it's really important, and I think there's some good things happening out there. Uh, we've got this. This is our way to go out and implement and test some evidence-based initiative. Uh, and promising practices regarding tobacco usage and obesity. Uh, this is taking place at 14 different Great increase in student physical activity. Uh, market improvement in their eating behaviors. DOD loves this initiative. Uh, we, of course, rearranged the numbers 5210, but we're taking that as a promising practice. We're taking it across DOD. Uh, and just to, to give a little bit of background on that, that's five or more fruits and vegetables every day, that's two hours or less of screen time, all screens, one hour or more of physical activity every day, and zero uh, sugared beverages. Um, doesn't sound too complicated, and the kids are really taken to it. So uh, real promising practice, and Yakota has been a, a great proving ground for that. Uh, we've got some other DOD service and installation-specific healthy living initiatives that are looking really successful. The Army went to their basic combat training environment, so their, their basic training where their brand-new soldiers are at, and they've instituted a go-for-green labeling and education system at the uh, dining facilities at the chow halls where these guys are going. Eighty-six percent of their young soldiers say that this go-for-green is helping them to strive for eat for performance. So instead of bringing them in, and teaching them bad eating habits right off the start in their Army career, we're bringing them in, and 86% of them are saying, hey, I'm reading those gopher green labels. I'm, I'm getting educated. I'm getting smarter about how to fuel myself properly to, uh, to deal with the arduous duty that I'm going to be expected to perform. Uh, the Missile Defense Agency, 28% more people this year participated in their weight loss wars. So one year, that's a big jump. Uh, Overall, 3,000 pounds lost by the uh, by folks within MDA. So another, I mean, big numbers, and people are really taken to these things. DOD's Quit Tobacco, Make Everyone Proud campaign, an average of 320 smoking cessation chat sessions are held with cessation coaches every month. So this wasn't, hey, we, we got everybody who was interested in quitting when we launched, and it's tailed off. This continues to be a success. This continues to have people calling in and, and writing in and, and saying, hey, I want to quit. Please help me learn how. Uh, so besides helping to coordinate DOD and service healthy, healthy living initiatives and conducting demonstration projects, uh, Operation Livewell is also educating and engaging the defense community. Uh, we've got a website with lots of healthy living bloggers, an original cookbook, several original cookbooks now, uh, meal planners, healthy tools and apps uh, that, are, that are easy to use, that are making uh, living healthier and cooking healthier much simpler than, it, than, uh, than a lot of people perceive it to be. 
Uh, we've got social media channels providing tips, shareable graphics, and video clips. We've got inspirational messages from folks who have, who have gone out there and made those changes and are still making those changes uh, out there saying, hey, I did it, and you can too, and here's how. Uh, we've got a special anniversary webpage out there, uh, health.mil slash OLW1YR. So that's health.mil slash OLW1YR, where you can view pictures uh, from different healthy living events. You can read testimonials from people who are making these lifestyle changes, uh, and you can view some more video blogs. Um, we're, we're, we're doing well, but we want and we need more engagement from the defense community. We need to know what's going well. We need to know about your success stories, what's happening in your corner of the world, uh, and what we can do to help accelerate that, help, help promote that. Um, we, we sent out a call for recipes. If you've got something that's working really well for you, um, share it. Let everybody else have the benefit of that. Uh, feedback on what our efforts are doing. If you're out at one of the healthy, base, healthy bases, or you want to be, or you want to take what they're doing and try and figure out how to put it in your corner, Hey, give us feedback. Let us try and help you. Um, let us share the online resources we've got. You don't have to try and recreate the message. We've got the message, and we'll help you. We'll help you promote it where you're at. Um, still a lot to do in the coming months and years, though. Uh, Healthy Base Initiative continues to roll out. We're going to be testing and measuring things through the summer of 2015. Uh, phase two, which will be in late 2015, we'll analyze these outcomes. We'll conduct some strategic planning, and we'll look what needs to get rolled out defense department-wide uh, and how we're going to do that. So lots of great stuff happening. Um, stay tuned. There's more coming. Uh, Operation Live Well is going to look to make DOD uh, and eventually, hopefully the world takes notice of it, making that healthy choice an easier choice for all members of our community. And um, you know, just in closing, it's, it's about more than just your health. It's your quality of life. And at the, at the end of the day, it's the readiness of our entire defense community to, uh, to do what we're supposed to do and defend this great nation. Okay, thanks. Uh, over to my esteemed colleague, Master Chief Terry Prince. Thank you, Master Gunn. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Master, uh, Master Guns. I'm Command Master Chief Terry Prince, and I represent the Defense, Defense Health Agency as a senior enlisted leader. And I'm here to talk about Operation Live Well and our department's overall prevention strategy. As many of you know, I'm a trained hospital corpsman and former dental technician and a huge believer in preventive medicine because we actually pay for our bad choices. Whether we pay for them now or later, all of us pay for the choices that we make. I believe the Department of Defense is moving in a fantastic direction from health care into health, and I talk about leaning into health through implementation of our primary care medical home models uh, and, of course, the 2013 launch of Operation Live Well which directly supports White House's national prevention strategy. The two key, two key issues on which we're making the biggest headway but we need to focus even more attention to are tobacco use and weight management. You know, our service members are using tobacco and tobacco products at a much higher rate than our peers. According to the 2011 DOD Health-Related Behavior Survey, of active duty military personnel, more than a quarter of respondents said they had smoked within the past 30 days, and more than 12% had used smokeless tobacco during that same time frame. Tobacco usage has zero positive effect on our physical and mental health. Tobacco-related illnesses drive up health care costs and certainly impact readiness on a bad and a negative way. On a personal level, Tobacco uses does make you feel and look bad, and I can speak to that here in a moment. 
Separately, your poor nutritional habits and lack of physical activity are having negative effects on the military population, particularly on our entry-level candidates and retirees, often showing up to boot camp in complete inability to pass a physical fitness test. The 2011 HRBS previously mentioned study showed that more than 12% of the respondents were classified as obese and more than half were overweight. Significant overweight, being significantly overweight leads to costly medical conditions and detracts from our readiness. So while we're making a lot of headway in combating tobacco usage and obesity with many of the initiatives and programs that Master Guns mentioned earlier, we still have a long way to go. And DOD will continue to focus on facilitating these healthier choices for all of us. Now, I, for one, can tell you that it is possible to beat tobacco and overcome weight problems because I've done both. In 2001, I, was, I quit smoking tobacco. I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day, and if you've read our great article on health.mil, you'll read that I was taking 10 cigarette breaks a day, 10 cigarette breaks away from my people. I was telling a group yesterday that I couldn't even drive my car for more than an hour without having a cigarette and planning my trip around where I was going to get cigarettes. I got many programs. I quit through a program at my clinic. It was run by the Navy. Uh, where we went to a bunch of sessions, and we ultimately had what we called a quit day, and you brought all of your materials in. But we have the Are You Tough Enough program. We have programs through all of our hospitals and our medical centers. Our, our petty officers and NCOs are even running programs at the unit level to help soldiers, sailors, airmen, and their family members quit tobacco. I can't stress enough how much my life has improved since I quit smoking tobacco. Every aspect of my life is better as a result of it. You know, and at the same time, quitting tobacco resulted in about a 60-pound weight gain. So I can talk about the amazing programs that I use, our fitness centers, our chahals, our galleys, our dining facilities that provide options for people right in front of you. And until you've got a culture of fitness in your own mind, you often overlook those easy choices that are right in front of you to go to things that aren't necessarily as good for you. And the honest, and it, my own unofficial scientific research has shown that it is cheaper to eat bad food now, but it costs so much more later on. Whether it's on the treadmill in the fitness center with an extra five pounds strapped to your back, or it's later on down the road with diabetes and some of the other horrible diseases that can often afflict us after a life of, of bad eating. So some of the resources have been mentioned, but our service members have certainly access to TRICARE's tobacco cessation benefits, our web-based materials, quit lines, counseling services, and smoking cessation medications to help us move off of, the, of this terrible habit. Our civilians have access to robust benefits with federal employee insurance programs, installations in civilian site-based fitness centers, MWR activities to keep us physically active. We talked about the cooking and nutrition classes, the cookbooks that we have on our Operation Live Well website that you can download healthy recipes, healthy living tools and apps also available for download, and tips and other inspiring stories that will, that will support you via our Living Well media channels. In closing, I want to talk about how important it is to get involved in Operation Live Well, sharing your challenges and your success stories. I'm a big believer in sharing what you're doing, telling people what your goals are, and then showing them pictures, showing people the successes that you've had. Because if we can inspire one or two people around us and we all did that, we have a lot better world as far as physical fitness and readiness than we have right now. Remembering that making healthy choices does just start with one step at a time. 
And with each step, you'll feel better, and you'll raise the bar a little higher, and then you'll dare to do something tomorrow and something the next day and the day after. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself living a lifestyle that you never thought you could live. I'm living proof that it's possible, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you very much. And uh, did anybody else join while uh, well, during the opening statements? Other than me, by the way, because I had some technical difficulties with my phone. All right. Uh, with that, then we'll go to Tom. Uh, go ahead and fire away, Tom. All right. Thank you. And thank you, shipmates. Uh, my name is Tom Goring. I'm with Navy Cyberspace or NavyCS.com. I'm a retired Mass Chief. Uh, December of 06 got out, as a matter of fact. And similar to you, Mass Chief, uh, I quit tobacco use. Uh, and I used to dip snuff from, for about 30 years, and it had uh, June of 2003, just dropped it and decided I wanted to save that $5 a day that I was spending. Uh, my life is better for it, and I think I'm actually going to actually be able to keep my teeth. <laughs> but that being said, my question is, what coordination or, or, or what are we doing with recruiting commands? I, I, uh, Gunny mentioned, or mentioned uh, about what we're doing in boot camp and the Army. But what's the other services doing, and what are we doing specifically with boot camp, I mean, excuse me, with people joining? Are we getting a hold of them from the get-go? Are we doing any data collection as how many smokers are joining and uh, how many may quit or how many may start when they join? Uh, because uh, just, what are we doing at the beginning? Thank you. Uh, David, right? Tom. Tom, I'm sorry. Yeah, Tom, thanks. Um, Really good point and, and um, excellent question. It's one of the things that, that we identified when we started looking into the numbers. You've got, we're, obviously we're recruiting out of the civilian sector where tobacco use is much lower than what we've got in uniform. And so you, you end up with people who, who use tobacco at a rate of whatever, 12% of the population uses um, tobacco and much lower than that for, for smokeless, which you, you said you were using. So they're coming in, and none of the basic trainings, none of the services allow tobacco use in their basic training environments. So we're certainly not teaching them to be tobacco users there. But somehow, between their getting out of basic training and they're getting to that first duty station, and by that, by the end of those first, that first enlistment, those first three or four years, you're up around 30, 40 percent of our of our population as a tobacco user. So where are we teaching them this? We're certainly not teaching them when they're in the delayed entry program. So 38%, one of my colleagues has shown me, 38% of our population, of our DOD population, is, is a tobacco user. So we have absolutely identified that where you're gonna where you're gonna stop that behavior being acquired isn't necessarily gonna be as a civilian because a lot of them didn't use tobacco when we recruited them. We're teaching them. We're teaching them, and probably not the master chiefs and the master gunnery sergeants of the world, because those young folks aren't associating with us a whole lot. They're associating with their their mid-level line leadership, their their E5s and their O1s and O2s out there, who are telling them, "Hey, this will keep you more aware. Hey, this will help you be more alert on post." Or as as uh, my, my, as my colleague Master Chief said, 10 smoke breaks a, a day. Well, if you want to be one of the cool kids and you want to go hang out with your NCO, 
what better place to do that than outside of the work environment where we're all a little bit more relaxed and we're out by the smoke pit and we're, we're joking around. So we have absolutely identified that that is where we need to make one of our big changes. It's not at, it's not at the recruiting point because we're not teaching them, hey, start smoking now before you get to boot camp so you can have an even bigger challenge trying to get through the physical um, challenges there. It's after they're getting out of basic training and they're going to that entry-level MOS school and then they're getting to that first duty station. So those are the folks we have to get to and we have to say, hey, quit modeling this behavior. Quit promoting this as a good thing because it's not. You're not going to be being alert but being unable to run to your buddy and being unable to see as far in the dark and not being as healthy. The, the 25 minutes of increased alertness that you think you're getting from that is not going to benefit you compared to what you're losing uh, from the use of that tobacco. Terry? Hey, Huyam, Master Chief, thanks for your service as well, Tom. Appreciate your question. Uh, you asked a question about the boot camps having just been to Great Lakes recently. I mean, cigarettes and tobacco, they are banned on all of our boot camps. I mean, I talked to a friend of mine who's a former Marine, and there's, they're nowhere near any of the boot camps. I think my own personal opinion and having been experienced this is I was not a smoker nor a drinker when I joined the Navy. And um, as you probably remember those days, but those days it was the senior guys that smoked. And those days it was the kind of the while the Master Chief smokes. The fun part that, that Master Guns mentioned earlier was that I believe that it's really reversed now. The fastest guys in the room are typically the older ones. And the ones that don't smoke and live the healthiest lifestyle are the older ones. So I feel like as we continue to to promote our programs and put this information out, you're going to see a change that's continuing because even general society has shown 12%. Those are the guys that are coming in. Those are the guys that are growing up in the service. I totally feel like these operations live well and these smoking and anti-smoking, we do it at the boot camps. You know, as a participant-delayed entry program, they taught us to run. They told us to get in shape, told us that you're not going to be smoking when you get there. Uh, so there is a little bit of that, and on the other hand, there is the, I just came in the Navy, I'm away from home, I can now drink alcohol, I can try these things I never got to try before, uh, but ultimately, I think as we mature along that line, that number's going to come down a lot, and it's because of the efforts of the folks in this room and around the nation that we do that. Thank you for your question. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. And, uh, Rihanna, are you on the line yet? Okay, and we'll go on. Actually, I have a question, uh, and it, it kind of relates to uh, boot camp. Uh, when I when I joined, I got out. And let's see, or I'm sorry, I joined in 2007. Uh, obviously, like you're saying, you can't smoke when you're in basic training in boot camp. Um, the thing, what I would suggest, and also the question I have is, how are you preventing uh, people from that start right there? Because that's when I saw all my shipmates start was right after the probably the first week of their a school back then is there anything that you know is there maybe a thought of putting a class in immediately that as soon as they get out of boot camp to keep them from starting again oh uh, yeah good question so most of the time it's not starting again i mean like you said you're seeing people pick up the habit for the first time and so We've identified that. We know that that is that's where the, the that's the tipping point. That's the that's the point they're acquiring this bad habit. So what do we do 
to to stop that, to stop that acquisition. So there's a couple different things that we're looking at doing. I apologize. I should have been more, a little bit more clear. That that also, but also in addition to the the people who weren't users before, I'm also speaking to the people who, like myself, I smoked before I went to boot camp, and I was really happy that obviously in boot camp you you're made to quit. Uh, I just kind of wonder if there if there would be something that would be I don't know uh, really motivating and helpful right after boot camp to get people to stay off um, that, that were prior smokers, other than the obvious motivation that you shouldn't smoke. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so there are a few things that are in the works. I mean, we are talking with a couple of our healthy base, uh, our HBI sites, at getting some, some educational materials, not necessarily to that brand new E1, E2. I mean, there are tobacco is bad for you classes given in basic training. But as, as you said, you are, you came in in 2007, is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Sir? Sir? Yeah, Irregardless, if you've, if you've been to basic training or even if you've just heard stories about basic training, you can imagine how much material is being thrown at you and how uh, the environment is not necessarily the most conducive to learning. And you will display whatever behaviors your drill instructor uh, tells you to display to avoid being thrashed and, and uh, being ostracized. So they're getting classes there. Uh, we believe that maybe isn't the most effective way to change that uh, behavior. So what we're looking at is putting educational, put, putting blocks into professional education for the young uh, NCOs, your young petty officers and your NCOs out there who are the influencers of these young folks when they come into our service. So if we, if we ingrain it more deeply into them that this is not the sort of behavior you encourage, this is not the sort of, of behavior that we want you to, to demonstrate in front of them, and instead of saying, smoke them if you got them, it needs to be, you know, hey, put that out, that's bad for you. Not necessarily a direct order, but that peer influence. Um, so we, we've identified that. We've, we're moving to put things into professional military education, and, and by that I don't just mean having somebody come in from, you know, the hospital, a civilian person come in from the local hospital and say, tobacco's bad and here's a picture of black lungs. This is that next, that person, the next level or two up on the food chain saying, hey guys, tobacco use screws up your night vision. And being able to see at night is really important in combat. Being able to move quickly from one point to the next is really important when we're deployed. A being able to not stink like tobacco and not have a heat signature is really important to not getting shot in Afghanistan. When you start taking, especially your, your folks who have done a lot of, of deployment, time over the, deployment time over the last 10, 12 years, there's a lot of really good reasons that you shouldn't be using tobacco. Forget about what it does to you long term. Because when I'm 18 and indestructible and bulletproof and I came into the service because I want to go fight bad guys, I'm not necessarily thinking about what it, you know, the impact of my actions now and when I'm 50. But if you start telling me I'm a lousy shipmate and I'm a bad wingman because I can't do my job as a member of the military as effectively from use of tobacco, now you got my attention. Now I'm letting my team down by doing this crap uh, stuff. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, now you're getting to a different population that we weren't potentially reaching as effectively before. So.
Sheehan. I would just add two things to that. The Navy specifically has the uh, That Guy campaign, the Don't Be That Guy posters, specifically targeting to drinking and the things that it can have an effect on your career, keeping what you've earned. As far as smoking goes, I think we've done some really great things to uh, help where we don't have to be preaching, but we moved the smoking area as far from the building. We've almost made it a, it's very difficult to smoke a cigarette at a medical facility, certainly. And in most of our bases, you have to go away from the building. You can't be in uniform. Many of the base commanders have put parameters and controls on things to make it more challenging to smoke. And I think you couple that up with the efforts that we do with OLW and all the other um, anti-smoking, quit-smoking campaigns, you make it a little bit more challenging, and then maybe it's not a habit that somebody wants to take up as a result. I agree, Master Chief, and I didn't mean to, uh, hopefully you guys, I know that uh, the Navy has implemented a lot of different programs, at least the Navy, but if not all the military, a lot of different programs that have um, not encouraged uh, smoking and discouraged it. Anyways, uh, Tom, did you have another question you want to go with? Oh, yeah. Well, we we talk a lot about smoking. Uh, what about, the, uh, let's talk a little bit about the weight gain and keeping it in shape. Uh, Nike and, and some other places have apps that you can put on your smartphones and so on to track your, your progress in running. And you can also compete with friends and, and those type things. It, it shows real time how your how many miles you've ran this week compared to your peers. Um, the Department of Defense may be coming up with something that would be Department of Defense-centric to where you can have your command or or whatever. Be able, it's not a tracking, per se, but more of a competition-based thing to stay fit. That's a great question, and I happen to use that particular app. And th in fact, I think I have just went over 1,700 miles on that app myself, and it is kind of fun to share with all the folks on Facebook. Uh, I don't know of DOD having an electronic version of a, of a mileage program, but on our Operation Live Well website, there's a, a challenge, the Ultimate Me Challenge program, that lets you log in, and it gives you a, it gives you the ability to track a lot of your statistics, and you share that information a lot of folks on there as well, and it presents a lot of opportunities for that very thing. Now, it's, it's, it's in its instance early on in the program, and so it may not be as well known as the, uh, the app that you spoke of, but I've had a chance to navigate through there, and I'm very excited about that, especially the part that says I'm 46, but I'm actually only 34 by virtue of my habits. It makes me feel good that I'm a little bit younger than I look. Uh, but that's an awesome way to do it. In-house, we've got um, fitness center running clubs that we do. We put the posters up in the fitness center, and it shows. Here at the DHHQ, we've actually established an indoor walking trail for our civilians, and we rewarded we rewarded two individuals and a whole group of individuals teams for their activity points, and that is throughout the year they were walking, they were eating well, they were checking off a checklist of actions that resulted in activity points, and they got awards from General Rob here at the DHA for those efforts. And then we have a running trail that goes outside the DHA that was specifically designed to uh, protect our runners from as much traffic as possible. Even issued pedometers, some ones in the room right here. So, I mean, I think we've got a lot of great things. And bringing up that app, I think that app has actually helped drive things on our OLW uh, site where we can say, hey, we'd like to ma mirror some of the things that they do. That's a great question. Thank you. Thank you. And did anybody else have any follow-up questions? 
actually have a quick question. This is Ariana Hunter. Um, I'm a veteran of the U.S. Army. I uh, write on a few blogs, um, and I've written on Operation Love Well before. I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. Um, my question, though, is about the fast food restaurants on post. We have lots of Burger Kings, Popeyes, etc. Has there been any discussion about um, whether or not those will remain on installations when you're trying to get uh, service members to eat more healthily? <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you, you have found one of the weak spots, absolutely. Um, we talk a lot about the changes that we make to the dining facilities, the chow halls, the galleys, whatever you want. Oh, um, by the way, Hua. I learned how to say who when I took this job, so I, 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 I'm happy to speak Army to you briefly. Um, we talk about all the changes we're making to these dining facilities, but when our young service members are given a choice, a lot of them aren't going in there. It doesn't matter how fantastic the message is and how healthy the food is, if they are consistently choosing to drive down to the food court and eat some of the garbage that's down there. Uh, we can serve the greatest food on earth. If they're not going there to eat it, it's not going to make a difference to them. So uh, the advantage we have with this, with, with Operation Lovewell and with the Healthy Base Initiative is this isn't just your clinicians, your, your doctors and nurses coming out and doing trying to do this all on their own. We have a very powerful organization that's partnered with us, Military Community and Family Policy, uh, we've got folks right up to the top of that food chain who are passionate about this, and they are sitting down at these negotiations with these national corporations, with your Burger Kings and your Taco Bells uh, and your, your Chick-fil-A's, and saying, hey, when that contract runs out, when the contract that has you on our base runs out, we're going to want you to come back and have better-for-you options. We're going to want you to have at least... 20% of your menu with a little leaf next to it or a little cross knife and fork next to it indicating that this is healthier than the other things on the menu. So can we go down and force that young service member or that, that dependent or that spouse to order the right thing from McDonald's? No, we can't. There's, there's still, they are going to have to make that choice. We have got to find a way to, to, to change their perception of what's, what's good to put into their bodies. But if we can change the choices, if we can, one of the big bylines for Operation Live Well, making the healthy choice the easy choice, if now when I walk in, I don't have time to go to the chow hall and I don't have time to go to bring my, my lunch in from home because I didn't have time to make it, I have to go to the pizza place or I have to go to the Burger King. But, oh, hey, look, there's eight different options up there that are relatively the same price but that are significantly reduced calories or a lot less salt or sugar or whatever else. We're, we're making headway on that. We are telling those folks, if you're going to continue to do business on our base, we're going to require you to do this. You cannot continue to have a menu full of fat-filled options that are just terrible for our, for our service, for our whole DOD population. You have to provide some other alternatives for them. And there's some pushback about, well, we don't make as much money for this, and we don't, you know, there, there's not as much profit margin. And what McFamily, what the folks from McFamily are saying is prove it, because we've got stats that show if you offer it, they'll buy it. And so the numbers are starting to bear that out. HBI is going to be a fantastic opportunity for us to track that. We've got 
bowling centers and we've got snack bars all over the country that are agreeing to put these healthier options on and the numbers are starting to come back and it looks like the healthy options are getting are getting purchased. They sometimes are getting purchased at a much more a much higher rate than the percentage of the menu that they that they represent. So um, terrific point there, ma'am. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you, sir. And uh, did anybody else have any follow-up questions? Roger that. Uh, with that, then I'd like to thank everybody for your questions and for your comments. Um, Master Guns, if you have a uh, follow, uh, uh, closing statement, you can go ahead with that, and then followed by uh, Master Chief's closing statement. Thank you. Okay, sure. Um, I want to tell I want to tell my my uh, quit tobacco make people proud story, and I, I think uh, I think Terry and I both were, were talking about this yesterday, and. I think I think what we're talking about is important. I think having a healthier and more ready force to defend our nation, especially during what we're watching happen right now, where we, we're not going to have the money to go out and buy everything we want. We're going to get smaller. The people that we retain have to be operationally ready. They have to be as ready as they can possibly be. And oh, by the way, where do we get the money to keep buying the stuff we need to defend our country? Hopefully we get it from having a healthier retiree population that we're not spending crazy amounts of money on trying to trying to keep them healthy. It's a benefit that they rate. It's a benefit they deserve, absolutely. But if we can have them healthier with a better quality of life, we've got money to buy ships and planes and body armor and training for our guys and gals who are still defending our nation. But from a personal perspective, I was, uh, I was not a tobacco user before I came in. My first roommate when I came into the Marine Corps was a pack-a-day mobile red guy. And it didn't take long before I started picking up on smoking. And I smoked for 10, 11 years. And finally, a friend convinced me to go run a marathon with him. And I'm, I was living in New Orleans. I was playing on a darts team in a smoky bar. It was a terrible place to try and quit. I was going to all the wrong places, and people around me were smoking all the time. And I finally had to come down and make a choice. Did I want to be a Marine who was devoting his energy to being a better service member to being a healthier husband and, and Marine and, oh, by the way, might be able to actually complete a marathon, something I never thought I could do in my life? Or did I want to be a guy who continued to stink of tobacco and throw his money away and, and have to get up in the morning and, and sound like I was 60 years old and, and hacking up a lung? Uh, and it finally came to the point where I had to make a decision. Where do I want to go with this? Where, where, do I want to, where do I want to continue my life at that point? And after 10 or 11 years, it was a pretty well-ingrained habit. And uh, I, I did it through a lot of support from other folks. Uh, and I did it through, you know what, I am going to make it really, really hard to continue to make a tobacco choice. That got them out. There was no more, uh, I'll keep an emergency pack hidden in the back drawer of the kitchen, or, hey, I'll bum from a buddy. I went and told all my friends on my darts team, hey, you can't offer me a cigarette. I'd appreciate it if you didn't do it. Don't blow it in my face, and I can't come and play with you anymore. I can't hang out with you if this is going to be the, what bonds us together, because I'm quitting. And I can either do you can either do it with me or or you know I you can you can wave to me as we pass on the street because I can't hang out with you anymore. So it was a hard decision to make, but but in the end they supported it, and uh, it's uh, it's certainly been a, a uh, bit, I'm not going to say running marathons is the healthiest thing I've ever done, but heck of a lot healthier than than continuing to smoke cigarettes. So um, thanks to everybody who joined us today, and I'll uh, I'll turn it over to Master Chief Prince. Thank you.
Master Guns. That was uh, that was inspirational. I feel like I need to go run right now. In fact, uh, my story. Then I'll close with telling a story that I told as part of the article, and that is uh, about weight loss. And you know, I told it in the article. I told the story of sitting and watching the Iron Man Hawaii on television while I ate a pizza and went out to smoke a cigarette, and mentioned to my wife, "Hey, I'm going to do that someday." And I can only imagine the the real story behind her. Oh yeah, that sounds great, honey. I'm sure that's not what she was thinking. You know, and then in 2003, ultimately having lost 50 pounds and crossing the finish line at the at the world's Ironman triathlon championship. And the race really didn't matter because that wasn't really the point. The point of it is is that you reached a milestone that maybe you never thought you could. And Master Guns mentioned telling others. Making a contract with yourself is one thing. And I know many, many people who will let themselves down without really losing it because no one really knows when you let yourself down except yourself. But when you tell 100 other people what you're doing, whether it's quitting smoking or losing 50 pounds or eating healthy, you have some pressure there because there's people watching you and asking you questions about the choices that you're making. And more importantly, and I believe this wholeheartedly, supporting you and really hoping for you to be victorious because I think that we all get brought up by that. For every success story that brings five to ten more people up with because if he can do it, then I know I can do it. And that's that's contagious. And certainly more contagious than cigarette smoking or chewing tobacco or health, unhealthy eating habits. You know, I'm a product of the Department of Defense, certainly a product of the programs that are out there to help us get through these things. You know, it's all about balance. It's all about making good choices and balancing those choices because there are some things that all of us would like to do. But I think when you set those goals and you make a contract and you write it out and you share with the people that you care about the most, you can be absolutely successful. And you too can live a wonderful life and, and uh, have a healthy outlook on your future. So I wish all of you the best and I really appreciate you giving us this time to talk to you today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Master, uh, Master Chief, and again, thank you to everybody on the line today. Uh, this call was recorded, and I will have it uploaded and uh, create an MP3 from it. So that'll be actually that'll probably take till Monday to have up. So if anybody's interested in the audio from the call, please um, email me, and I'll, I'll email you that link, or you can go to the uh, blogger link on DoDLive.mil. Again, thank you. Oh, sorry. So are you working Monday? I'm sorry. Whoops, Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Memorial Day, so maybe Tuesday we'll get the yeah, link. Tuesday, I apologize. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Sorry about that. I, I got a little ahead of myself. Uh, I'm a very hard worker, though. <laughs> Anyways, uh, happy Memorial Day weekend. I don't, I don't like to say happy, but I hope everybody enjoys their more Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, Master Chief, again for being on the line, and thank you very much, Master Guns, for being on the line. We appreciate your time today, and uh, that concludes today's call.